out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am Dan the Comic Book Man, ladies and gentlemen. Dan the Comic Man is here in studio, and we've gone 20 years into the past. We've gone all the way back to 1998. We could have went and gone back to World War One or Two. We could have went back to the start of civilization, but we decided to go back to the start of something else. We decided to go back to see when Marvel started to get good, in my opinion. We went back for the 20th anniversary of the release of Blade. Blade, an R-rated, black actor-led comic book movie that comes out 20 years prior to, you know, the Deadpools and Black Panthers of the world, but we decided to give this a uh, modern day look. I haven't seen this film. I gotta be honest with you. I haven't seen this film in yeah, a very was, long time. I remembered nothing about this film before I initially rewatched it. Uh, and you know, there's there's been some kind of rumors that um, Jamie Foxx is supposed to be playing the, the new Blade, right? The next Blade. Well, I don't know if you can fill those shoes. Another Blade. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, it's kind of cool because we've seen this movie. And review we uh, we watched this movie again um, with I guess new eyes, but in separate locations. And I have not spoken about this movie <laughs> nope, at I've, all with I've, you. I've, so I've all of your opinions, all of your opinions on this show will be fresh as will mine. And I hope to have an organic conversation uh, more so than a recap. Usually we go scene yeah. by scene, but I think we should just tackle what this movie is, uh, especially during the time that it comes out and all that. Uh, I guess I'd ask you off the bat. How do you feel about this film? You know, it's better than the worst comic book movies <laughs> of today. And it is. It the is. action scenes are actually better than the best comic book movies of today. It wasn't so close up in 100 edits yeah. per punch. Like, you could actually see every shot connect. Like, all the action scenes was just great. When this movie first started, when I was watching how it was starting, and it, it was in some weird vampire rave, and then you see blood and the action goes, I was like, yes, I'm ready for this. This is going to be a great comic book movie. Wesley Snipes looks awesome. It, it does take some dips. You know, there are some lulls. There are some eye roll moments. I don't think any more eye roll than some of the things in, let's say, like Fantastic Four or... Uh, oh, no, definitely. Some of the eye rolls was really more of the actors acting than anything. Yeah. Like, if, it was, if, if the lines were delivered from a better actor, then this movie would have been amazing. Probably in my top ten. Yeah. It was just a lot of my eye roll moments came from the actors and actresses themselves. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... Yeah, because I found out that the... Well, before we get into the cast. Uh, how do you feel about vampire movies in general? Do you dig the genre of like this whole vampire hunter, Buffy, you know, um, Twilight? I well, guess this, fits in that I love the vampire genre. I think that there's so many elements that you can go to. Like um, Lost Boys has that yeah, biker yeah. fetish type 80s vibe. And you have like Interview with mullets. the Vampires. You got mullets. Vampires and yes, mullets, bro. Vampires I mean, and mullets. can't beat that. Then you have like you know like then you have interview with the vampire, which is more Victorian era, you know, powder wigs and very romantic that movie, right? Yeah, right? like, so like there was scenery out that. the ass, but right. I, I I like that you can go any elements with vampires, and for some reason it still works in any genre. Yeah, and here you had the best of both worlds. You had every kind of vampire genre you can think of because this, this legit movie was scary. Yeah, this movie was legit scary. No, it was. Um, you know, it was directed by a man named Steve Norrington. Who doesn't have tons of credit underneath his uh, directorial, I guess, resume. He only has, he did Death Machine in 1994, Blade in 98, 
the last minute in 2001. And in 2003, the man does the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, well. Is that a... Is that a I can uh, see his style in there. <laughs> is that... Are you a fan of that film? I'm actually... I like that film. It's it's it's, it's pretty, you know, outrageous. But right. I, I can sit through it without, like, feeling bored or feeling like I hate it. Yeah, it's another attempt to start, you know, uh, I guess, a uh, universe. But this Blade movie is the front runner of a lot of things. It starts its own trilogy. You know, um, it's a Marvel movie that doesn't have the flipping pages. I don't think they wanted people to know that Blade no, was a comic No, it started book. like a regular New Line Cinema logo. Yeah, I, I I don't think they wanted people to know that Blade was a comic book. I don't uh, even think Stan, Stan Lee didn't even have a cameos no. in these movies. It got cut. He had a cameo in it. Oh, it he cut. did. Yeah, yeah. So I, it makes me think with how everything was that they didn't really want it to be linked too much to the comics. And in the, uh, you know, tradition of Batman 89... A lot of things from the comics were hacked away. Uh, I believe in the comics he wasn't a daywalker. He wasn't like half and half, and he was just a vampire hunter and stuff. So now he has like what is it? They say it eighteen times. Uh, all the strengths, none of the weaknesses. Right? <laughs> I love that they line. Oh all, my god! Over like, it's so ridiculous, again. but so it's like action-packed ridiculous. Yeah, but it's like all the strengths and none of the weaknesses except hey, he, for they, the hunger they, thing. Yeah, they, that, I remember because the second one's my favorite. Second one's the only one that I really watch like frequently. See, so, like, but I remember I, how it starts from there. I'd argue I haven't seen the second one again in years, but I think that it's probably worse than this film. Oh no, it's it's really really ridiculous. It's over the top, but it's just like it's so fun and so nostalgic that I just I have to watch it. It's like it's so fun. I think the entirety of the weight of this film rests on the shoulders of Wesley Snipes, who around this time was a juggernaut and he was an action movie star. Oh yeah, he had know? Demolition Man. He had this. He had um. What else did he do? New Jack City. I was looking through his filmography. You know, he starts in '86, uh, and barely a, a span of two years goes by before this man, you know, without this man working. He has like a film almost every year leading up to 2018, and you know, he had his old like tax evasion stuff, and uh, you know, a lot of that stuff was like directed uh, DVD stuff that he did after his um, legal troubles. But yeah, you you name it, the guy was in it. You like you said, Demolition Man. Uh, you got New Jack City. You got you White know, Man Can't uh, Jump. You got uh, King of New York, Mo Better Blues, Major League. Major League? He was in Major League. Uh, but killing it, you know, as far as an action star is concern, uh, concerned. And he initially wanted to do Black Panther. I don't know how Blade Black... I mean, sorry, Wesley Snipes' Black Panther would have panned out. I would have seen... Yeah, I probably could have seen him as like Black Panther's father, like... Tajaka. Yeah. I was starting thinking of uh, Coming to America by seeing Wesley Snipes, <laughs> Wesley Snipes as Tajaka uh, in Coming to America. But, uh, you know, David S. Goya works on this film. Yes, he wrote the, he wrote the script. Like, it was, uh, that's crazy. And he, you know, Dark Knight. Yeah, that was the first thing I said. I was like, whoa, this was written by David S. Goya. You know, and uh, he has, a, you know, like a bunch of, his hands in a bunch of different pies as far as comic book uh, adaptations are concerned. And supposedly, when Noon Line approached him, they wanted to do like a parody film with this, and he pushed them towards like the action horror. Yeah, genre thank God! Movies. Like you can't do a Blade movie without it being a horror film. I guess they thought it was so ridiculous that they would just lean into it, but I like how they leaned into it in the horror aspect. Yeah, because this is a comic book character that has been with Spider Man. You know, like yeah. he's been in major comic book storylines. Like he's a great character. I like Blade. Right, right next to uh, Wesley Snipes' Blade, we have Chris Christopherson. Yes, Did Chris Christopherson right? as Whistler. One of the most ridiculous names ever. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Whistler. I'm, no, I'm Chris Christopherson. Oh, Chris Christopherson. <laughs> yes, thank I'm just, God. I'm just, you know, I, I got nothing against the man, you know, but come on. Is that, your, is that really your stage name? You know, Steve Stevenson? Like, what are we doing here? But anyway, Chris Christopherson, great actor. 
Um, in here plays Abraham Whistler. That is a ridiculous name, also. Like you, were Abraham just Whistler. Yeah, a- Abraham Whistler is also a absolutely ridiculous name. Is there I, an Abraham Whistler in the comics, or is that just me? So up? I did the research. Check this out. Abraham Whistler uh, debuts not in a comic, but in Spider-Man: The Animated Series. They create the character Whistler in Spider-Man: The Animated Series when he's like trying to fight Morbius or something like that. He's yeah. coming, he came through to town trying to get Morbius uh, and made him like his arms dealer and all that kind of stuff there. And then they put him in the comics, and then they put him in the. Uh, That's pretty cool. That's like how they made you know Harley Quinn for the Batman animated series, yeah, and then exactly. they give her everything else after that. And to think, if they would have never done that, Chris Christopherson wouldn't have <laughs> this on his resume. <laughs> I know he loves the fact that he was in this film. Um, I could not look mm-hmm. at his visage without thinking Tony Stark yep. built yep. this <laughs> in a cave <laughs> with scraps. Thank you. All I kept thinking about was Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. But I kept seeing Sam Elliott a little bit. You know, I'm like, what is... I've seen this character before. He, uh, he, had, a little Nick, he had a little Nick Nolte, too. He has, he, Chris Christopherson always reminded me of Nick Nolte. I always mixed him up. He has that scene where he's like just carelessly pouring gasoline into the car and, and it's all, it gets cigarette. all over the car and then he lights a cigarette. I'm like, wow, this guy, does, that's like uh, shorthand for this guy. Doesn't give a damn. And spoiler alert, I mean, I caught his death scene was had me cracking up. So we have the death scene. Whistler, you know, just to jump real quick, you know, this, this character does uh, go through a lot in this film and he does eventually die. But I have clear memory of him being in the He's sequels. In, yes, I was saying the same thing. So like, when he died, I was very surprised. I was like, wait a minute. I don't, I don't remember you know, the this when he died in the, the way he died in this one and the way... Blade like uh, speaks of his like capture in like the second one. It's like, yeah, what's going what? on here? Yeah, what's going I, on here? I don't know. It's but no, his his whole death just had me cracking because he he looks at Blade. He's like, pass me the gun. Do now, it, damn it! Now walk away, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> he I kept, started cracking up. He kept um, you know, he had you know, I imparted that knowledge on um the the woman lead in this film. Where he was like, oh, once you turn, might as well get yourself a bullet and go ahead and shoot yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, so he, but he was just, had he been bitten at that point? No, I thought, he I, think his, I, think his, I think his throat was slit in or something. He was just. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause he, I was looked like he, had a, he looked like he had a cut on his throat. What was the point of that whole, like, if you turn to a vampire, then commit suicide thing? If he just didn't get bit and he was going to commit suicide. Anyway? I have no, because they said that they weren't going to bite him. They were just going to leave him there. Right, right, right. Huh. Well, that, you know, there, that is there. Uh, but yeah, you have um, Whistler and Blade. I was actually also surprised because from my memory of this trilogy, there was like a bunch of vampire hunters. I much rather this movie. Well, the second just... one had all the vampire hunters. And then the third, you get Jessica Biel yeah. and um, Ryan Reynolds <laughs> in there for, for Mr. Reynolds. But as far as like a whole team of vampire hunters, League, Ghost, Cult, yeah, the second one had all of that. You get, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Nabushi Wright. As Dr. Karen Johnson, a hematologist, I a.k.a. I hated her so much. Hematologist, oh. a.k.a. blood doctor. She should have just had blood doctor. One, oh, my on God. How, how, how convenient. How convenient you know, does a blood doctor get thrown into a Blade film? She like, should have just had blood doctor on the name tag. Yeah. She should like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a blood doctor. Uh, she's in this. I don't think she was terrible. There was she didn't things. scream when the vampire bit her ex. Like, how do you just stand there? A vampire not only exists... But is it standing in front of you, but kills your ex, and you just look at him? Just like, I maintain that she oh was God. stunned in silence. But she was stunned in silence. But uh, there is a, there's a various. I can. I think the only problem I had with this film is there's various scenes of of crazy violence done in broad daylight where no, there's no cops or none of that Yo, stuff. That little girl. How she survived being thrown through that kiosk at forty miles an hour? She goes. Well, she gets thrown through the kiosk, all glass all over the the floor. Like she's in the middle of the street, and then people just. 
just walk, yeah, just walk just right walk, by. They just walk right. Play, past pulls it. out a gun and pulls out a gun on a cop, no less. You're and then talk- people are just walking right by. Everybody's just keep going about your day, like if we're on the Matrix or something. You would, you're talking about the dastardly act committed by Stephen Dorff's Deacon Frost. I love him. He was my favorite part of this movie. What Stephen a name, uh, Deacon Frost. Uh, he's from the comics, but he's a much older vampire. Where in this one, they kind of made him like Generation he's a X. Yeah, he's a half. Like, yeah, you know we got it. You oh, he's literally the DX version of <laughs> a vampire in this. Out with the old, in with the new. Um, Listening to MP3s, I guess, or something like that. If he had a CD player in that room, what's going I think on there? So. Uh, but Stephen Doors making nightclubs, nineties, like so night. The hair, you know, the, the oh, everything the, about him was nineties. Yeah. The constant chain smoking—that was the villain thing to do back in the day. Or I guess just the shorthand for cool, right? Like this guy loves his cigarettes. <laughs> He's constantly smoking, uh, constantly like uh, smart attic remarks, and he is the half breed, right? Oh, not have breed. His whole thing was that he was turned. He was yes, not he was turned. Uh, born a vampire. No, which I didn't know that was a vampire prejudice. Apparently, he, they have mudbloods in, yeah. the, in the vampire world. But I guess that's where the uh, dichotomy comes from, right? Blade is a halfzy kind of. Yeah, because he was then, literally born a half. Right, and then you have Dorf, who is turned. is is like rejected from his own. Uh, people, but how'd you like him as a villain? How'd you like him as a I, I consider the lexicon was... of of comic book villains? I, uh. I would throw him up as far as it goes with how villains are in comic books. The whole like you know term of villains. I liked him how he went. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, he had went straight to the point. He wanted humans dead. Vampires are superior. Yeah, he had, a, he had a plan. He had a way of doing it. He he got Blade down a couple of times. He even got above him. He threw him in that chamber, slicing his wrists and everything. Yeah, because his whole deal was that he wanted to uh, summon La Magra. The yeah, La Magra, blood, the Blood God. And then he would become the blood god and then uh, basically just feed on the uh, unsuspecting. Well, I think it was like they, the they can't, they can go on sunlight. He would be able to go on sunlight. Sunlight. We got to talk about that in a bit. But <laughs> we have Blade here. Um, the film opens up with that cool rave scene that you were talking about before where this guy gets basically uh, brought like a, a cattle to slaughter. Yeah, which is weird. How are you going to bring one guy to an entire underground rave of vampires? That's like that's like bringing a, a, like, you know, one donut to a fucking room of people. Well, you hear that whole thing of like, um, you know, those scare, the scary stories or the urban legends of waking up in the tub, you know, with your liver missing or whatever the heck. Like, you, there was a time back in the day where you would just chase the night and you would just go with whoever, wherever, right? Because you're just drinking. Yeah, but There's you no bring key. one person? Well, there was no Yelp reviews. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he was the... I guess he might have been the only one. Yeah, or he maybe, was the only person there. But think about it. Maybe she was going to go to this thing alone and then she brings somebody. So it's not necessarily uh, bringing one donut to, to bring donuts to work day. It's like no one's bringing anything, and then somebody brings a box of donuts. So maybe she was like, she True. thinking ahead of herself. She was like, eh, you know, I was going to go by myself. This guy's an idiot, and he has not been stopped talking to me. So I'm going to drag him over there. But um, there was genuine horror in thinking that this was just like a oh, cool no, that, place. No, with that hip scene, people. once it got where it started raining blood, and the, the blood was all over the vampires, and they were still dancing, and. You see the teeth coming out. I'm like, yo, this is actually a legit scary scene. My prejudice was showing because in the beginning of the movie, I'm, I was thinking, like, I don't remember if there was any other black vampires besides Blade. But in that scene, there's a, everybody of all races, all ages, there's a bunch of different vampires. So that, that killed Yeah, a lot of right the vampires there. in this movie were even Asian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of Asian kung fu was, fighting vampires. Yeah, that chill and hang out and listen to little girls rap, apparently, because that's what was going on in that weird Japanese vampire, <laughs> what you call it. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. And then... The scene, when he, how he just shows up and 
shows up without a drop of blood on him, even though this thing's been pouring down blood. Those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, just cool. Like, just taking out these people and all these weird um, special effects of vampires exploding or getting set on fire through uh, silver and garlic. And they talk about, like... Um, uh, yeah, apparently, holy water and crosses don't work. That's in the movies. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So vampires like, exist in the in that world and in the movie world in that world. So. There's movies about vampires in that so world. It's weird. So, yeah. so. And also... Um, there, I think every vampire movie or franchise does that thing, right? Where they go, that's stupid. That one thing you heard about vampires a long time ago, that's stupid. But these are real. These things, yeah, the garlic like, stuff, I, that, that's, that's always, yeah, it's, No, it's always the same thing. It's always garlic, silver, and, and the stakes, through, the wooden stakes to the heart. Yeah, and then somebody Those says, are always like, the, in, not... in, in vampire movies that want to take themselves seriously, they always cross out the holy water and crosses for some reason. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the two that always go I away. they just and, remove religion from it. Yeah, I guess that's. Eh. They just rather just remove religion, but no silver and wooden stakes that works. And silver nitrate and garlic in a serum can just reverse the effects. of Yeah, a, like that's of a that, 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 that literally looked like a syringe full of garlic. <laughs> I was like, "What is he doing? He's gonna put paprika on her next? What's, what, 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 what's gonna happen next?" And those and then it didn't even work. Yeah, it was too fem- late. The female lead uh, gets bit. The blood doctor gets bit in this film, um, and then it has these garish marks on her neck. The, the the hole is from the vampire's teeth, but they're like a foot apart. So I'm wondering how how this even happens. She Blade tells her like, "You have now been bit. So now like literally all the vampires in the world are going to be hunting after you because you, you got away or whatever." Um, and then just dumps her in New York City <laughs> with these vampire wounds uh, to I guess fend for herself. And then she goes into her apartment and a cop just randomly shows up and he's not a vampire. He's a like a vampire follower. He just wants... He yeah, because they, apparently the vampires, the vampires uh, own the police. How do you like the whole branding aspect of it? That there's vampire followers that are branded by vampires. Like, this is my cattle. Well, they uh, usually have that in a lot of vampires. There's a lot of like vampire ownership, movies that, they, right? that, like, that like where regular humans follow or have a following for vampires. People they, are weird. Yeah, where they just... I guess because they want to live forever. This is coming from a guy who has a comic book podcast, but people people who follow the weirdest things. <laughs> uh, there, there was definitely um, some vampire fans in here. How did you feel about what? Do, what do you think was another cool moment in this film? Um, that, that redeems a lot of the a lot of a lot of Wesley Snipes one liners. Oh, when they shoot at him, it's like, are you serious? Or basically, yo, like my that? god, That's when the cops are shooting at him and he. Or uh, some of them because always try to ice skate up hills. What, what, are you, what, what does that even what mean? What are you talking about? What Mr. does that Snipes? mean? I dug all the sword work. He looked pretty. Oh yeah, he looked pretty uh, legit and disciplined. No, his his outfit was on point, bro. His we'll, outfit was great. And we'll get in this in the first week of September when we review it. But I mean, his fight scenes are better than the Iron Fist show, you know. And you know how I feel about Mister Fist. Um, but no, the on. fight scenes are really. I thought the fight scenes are better than a lot of the Avengers fight scenes, like or the Captain America ones, because like Civil War, a lot of those fight scenes there's like fifteen cuts to swing a fu- swing a fist. Yeah, but they're so up close that you can't even see it. All you see is face, and then. And I guess what also kind of trips this movie up a little bit is the fact that, like we said, because he has all the strengths and none of the weaknesses, it's they're fighting each other, so you don't really ever see vampire super strength, right? And vampire like the things that would. Uh, impair a normal person fighting. Well, it's like Zod and it's like Zod and Superman. Exactly, they had to throw Zod and Superman in the skies to make it even look like if it was a struggling fight. But you throw Zod and Superman on the ground and go hand to hand combat, it'll be like a regular fight between two humans. Yeah, and he pretty handily, you know, disposes of quite many vampires. And he gets his ass kicked a little bit. Yeah, he does. He does get his ass kicked. So it's not like so you can see that they have strength too if they can kick his ass. I had no idea Sonia Lathan was in this film completely forgot yes. that she was the mother of Blade. 
Also, dun, 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 another twist. She's not really dead. Yeah, did, and then she I comes back in that. white. She's like, why does everybody always come back in white? I did not dig the whole mother, uh, Blade's mother is alive uh, thing. It was also One minute really she's weird. a bad guy, the next minute she's a good guy. Now that means that, that Stephen Dorff turned Blade, so technically, is that like his father? Like, I never liked the whole, like, Joker shot the parents. I, I, I don't like when they try to tie the main villain into the origin because it's just too it's so cliche it's the Luke I am your father stuff it's like yeah. oh well yes this was always a purpose you were always meant to eventually meet your mother again who was trying to kiss you in some weird yeah. scene that they were going through and stuff like that but um I did like that I did like um Donal Loke oh Donald Lung Donald Lung I, I yeah. will say I pronounced that terribly but he's missing a D it would oh. just be Donald if he would just have the other D at the end of the name it's D-O-N-A-L Oh yeah, Donald. Do- Donald. Don- Donald. Donald. Be Donald, bro. Be Donald. I guess the I, comes that's later. that makes two Marvel, two obscure Marvel movies that he's in, where he plays where alongside he? of the oh, you Ghost know, Rider. Now here's the thing. Yes, I saw that he was in this film, and I was immediately ready to dislike him because I remembered him in Ghost Rider. You didn't like him in Ghost Rider. I didn't like him in Ghost Rider. <laughs> I don't. I don't like him in. I liked him in Grounded for Life. I loved him in Grounded for Life. I liked him in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, and he's in, he's in season. Gotham now. Yeah, you know, so he's playing he, Bullock. He, he plays a Bullock, right? Yeah, yeah like Harvey him. Bullock, and oh. he's he's a likable actor. But I just there's not much just, I liked about Ghost Rider in general. Oh, of course. And I'm like the whole I'm gonna be your, you know, I'm just come your on guy. now, Johnny boy. You know you gotta calm down now. I'm just your guy. I'm just you're my boy, Blue. I was not digging it. <laughs> I was not digging it. So when he comes here, I was really like, ah, oh, whatever, you know. But he reminds me of those minions of Hades and, and Hercules that are always just really trying to impress, but. Kind of just falling. You know, he was falling really off. losing. He lost every limb, three limbs. Yeah, he was the right hand man of of uh, Deacon Frost. Even though he loses a lot of his right appendages. <laughs> yeah, he lost his right hand. Then he loses his left hand. Then by the end of it, he loses his head and just dies. There's a scene where um, they're talking over there. Everyone's gushing over Blade's uh, acid acid carved titanium sword, and um, they. You know, they play around with the idea of they're cutting off uh, his arms, his hands or whatever. And he was ready to do it. Like, he was kind of upset by it. But he was like, come on, Deacon. And he was like, don't do it. But here, if you want to cut off my hands, just cut off my hands. So it shows the loyalty there. Um, a lot of floozies for Mr. Frost. He has a lot of floozies. Yeah. Just hang out at his place. Make well, that's out. Remember the 90, uh, from what I remember, a lot of 90s vampires movies, they, they had these rave sex biker yes. fetish type. Vampirism and sex has been linked. Almost, they're almost synonymous with each other yeah, at this point. At this Especially point. when you watch things like True Blood, which really ramp up the idea of. And there's like, a lot of like stories, like novels wise. Like there's a lot of like horror novels or like vampires or like in like these BDSM type elements. Wh- why? What is humans are weird. Humans are weird. Humans have been humans have been pitting vampires and sex since the dawn of time. I want there to be a video of somebody sitting Superman in front of a YouTube and just showing him like furries and true blood <laughs> and for him to be like, you know what? This planet's screwed. I'm leaving. This I, There's no one here worth saving. But um, this movie uh, knows kind of how silly some of the premises are and they just, I think they just play the rule of cool with it. Um, oh no, Wesley Snipes looks so cool. Like in the beginning when he shoots the guy in the chest and then just does that little like fist pump douche. And you have that whole like Throw the um, throw okay. the thing and the camera moves okay. with it. When he threw that around. boomerang, that, that was weird awesome. boomerang uh, martial arts ninja star thing. Um, I noticed early on that he seems to be wearing an old school like New York style flat uh, flight jacket, the regular you know, with the orange yeah. in the inside with the patches, and then he just has a bulletproof vest over that, and then just a big ass leather coat over that, and he just sticks his sword like in a hole in the leather coat in his back. And you just see him, and he just always looks so clean. He looks always so clean cut. His hair has that weird style to he's it. He's got the he has sunglasses the that just look 
Yeah, he has he has the sunglasses. They got that look right. And considering that at the time, I probably was not very knowledgeable towards like Blade and comics. My expectations, I, mean, I had none. I had none for like, oh, that's not comic book accurate. Or look at that outfit. And I, there was none of that. Do you think that picking up skirts characters like this and maybe even like characters like Guardians serves a better like a, well that's how I easier. fell in love with Guardians because like I have I knew nothing about Guardians and when I found out about Guardians they weren't even the original Guardians oh yeah I went to go read Guardians to, to get prepared for that movie and I read a whole different team yeah so to, to so to see Guardians without having to like have a comic book knowledge without having to go back and see it's like you fall in love with these characters easier because you feel like no expectation besides expectation, you feel like Oh, I don't know anything about them, so I don't have to worry about if it's comic book accurate. Yeah, Yogi spoke about this concept uh, that's actually been proven by, like, I guess, like psychiatrists and stuff, where if you have, uh, uh, if you in your mind have an identity or a reality towards a certain character, um, when you when faced with like the antithesis of that, like if whenever they change Wolverine, right? Your mind, your first, the first thing, no matter who they pick, your first thing is going to bump against that because your image of Wolverine in live action is Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And so, um, with a lot of these other characters, like when you see Venom, like even though I love Venom, I'm, I'm because I grew up with Venom and I have a background in Venom, I'm going to have things to protest. It could be the smallest thing, but it, they're still going to exist in my mind. Yeah. Still going to bump against that, that design or that character. Um, why is he talking? He shouldn't be talking. But that, that's a whole other thing about <laughs> Venom. Anyway, uh, with Blade. I didn't run into any of those problems. Um, there was no, like, I'm not looking for Easter eggs to set up the trilogy. I'm not looking for other yeah. car- characters to cameo. I'm just fine following this one guy who seems to not really care about this blood doctor yeah, all yeah. too much. Um, no, no, he, he live he, his he life. Nothing one man not war one on vampires with Wesley Snipes. That's what they should have just called this movie. <laughs> one man war on vampires starring Wesley Snipes real small. Well, that's all I expected from Blade. Because from what I knew about Blade from the Spider-Man animated series is he was a vampire hunter. Yeah. That's all I care is that Blade was a vampire hunter. I don't care about Morbius. I don't care about about the Blood God or any character. Oh, yeah. You could throw anybody. You can have him facing off against a horde of bats for two hours. I just want that's Blade. Just, that's the second time we've mentioned Morbius. You know, the living vampire of Spider-Man fame. And they were going to put Morbius in the sequel supposedly, but then they were like, eh, nah, we're yeah. Not then they that. chopped it for some. Then the vampire in the second one was some weird like half vampire half goblin demon thing oh, that they wait split to, at the mouth wait till part three when he fights uh heat wave from legends of tomorrow <laughs> as dracula himself so it gets it gets crazy you got triple h in that thing in in, in Blade oh, yeah Trilogy. triple h was in the third one yeah, i remember that it gets crazy well i get it dx suck it vampires i guess that makes sense um he just looked so weird he looked like gangrel yeah yeah he did uh blade obviously the character comes from comics, and um, it was partially created by Marv Wolfman, who has a lot of like Teen Titans, um, you know, credits under his belt. The guy is a comic book legend, but supposedly he did a, a lawsuit. He he filed a lawsuit against, um, uh, well, just on the motion picture in general because he said that he wasn't paid adequately for it, and they've settled it out of court. I think Marvel still won, but it's you never like when it gets when things yeah. have a legal battle. I think the legal battle legit happened the day before the movie got released, so it was like one of those kind of deals there. Figure I mentioned that because I guess not everything was heart stars and horseshoes with this film, but um, you have a lot of weird... I dug the cast as it is, but when I looked back into, um, I guess you would say that the trivia of this film, they were thinking about LL Cool J being played. That's, I, that'd be weird. I'm not. I can't see anybody else but Wesley Snipes. They were thinking about Jet Li being Deacon Frost. It's even weirder. I think the Jet Li Deacon Frost thing. There was an observation I made while watching this film, 
every time Blade gets into a martial arts fight, it's only with Asian vampires, which I I guess you could say that martial arts originates from there, so they would know that. But if I was a vampire, all my vampires should know martial arts. Like, especially if the guy out there it knows martial arts. The guy that's out yeah. there killing us knows martial arts. I'd be teaching these guys some self-defense classes or something. Like, Blade's coming. Uh, put your hands up. Do something. But um, maybe that was the idea, that him and Jet Li would just get into this, this you know, Well, then it would have given us Kung a better Fu boss cinema. battle. Because I didn't really like the... I liked, I liked the boss battle, but it, was like, it wasn't long enough for me. But then yeah. again, the movie felt so damn long getting up to the it end. Was, By the end, yeah. I was just like... Oh, yo, that movie felt really long. I wasn't particularly like, interested in Deacon, Pla- Deacon Frost's plan. Um, I didn't. I I kind of rolled. I didn't my really eyes get it at the whole uh, program that deciphers vampire text and then generates a a uh, like a three D image of exactly how this ritual needs to be performed. I don't know how te- what any technology that works that way. Um, I cracked up at the scene of. Well, we walk through these archives and we have all this data, you know, protected, locked down, whatever. And then we have these ancient scrolls hanging, <laughs> hanging uh, behind glass. Like these are our timeless, priceless, uh, ancient pieces of vampire it was like text. Their, their holy Bible. It was the vampire Bible. And they just have them hanging like a museum. You can just walk by. They have an entire action sequence in there where they're just blowing things up and uh, knocking things down. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, you guys put so much emphasis on, on this, these records, was, yeah, this archive. Like archive. And, and nothing nothing comes of it. But my favorite scene, my scene that had me laughing out loud because I don't think it was intentional, was um, you know they do the whole thing with the archive stuff. And Whistler helps them. He shows up and he randomly helps them and stuff. Um, everything in the archive is destroyed, right? Uh Blade walks up to Whistler and gives him like a napkin-sized piece of the of the of the vampire oh my Bible, God, and is yes. like, "Hey, can you translate this for me?" And I'm looking at uh, you know the film like Blade. You give him like half of a half of a piece, like the corner of a of a of a dictionary, and he page. proceeds to read a lot and, of it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, this thing's talking about the blood god. And he needs twelve sacrifices." How and do I'm, you get that from the top like, piece? Wow, this is good. Like Whistler, you are the man. And then immediately after that, he also says, like, but I can't really tell because yada, yada, yada. Immediately after that, Blade, Blade hands him, like, a 30-gigabyte hard drive. And he's like, yes. And he's like, like can here's you? the rest. And he's like, well, see what you can find from here. And I would have been like, can you give me that first? <laughs> you couldn't give me that thing first? You give me a hat and a napkin. And like, oh, yeah, transcribe this, please, Whistler. And then and it was written in blood, drive. apparently, which that's not how blood works like, <laughs> at all. He also, um, uh, when he got the hard drive, he just rips it out of the computer. He's like, I'll take this. And he just rips a whole hard drive out of the computer in one swift motion. Uh, you want to talk about the uh, the keeper of the archives? Would you like to talk about Pearl? Oh, my God. No, uh, what was it? Ruth? Pearl. Was it, Pearl was Pearl? I could have Yeah, it was Ruth. Pearl. Pearl. Pearl, the, uh, the humongous, uh, bulbous vampire. How do you feel about Pearl? Uh, it reminded me of the mother from What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Why do you think they... they... <laughs> Why? Don't just answer me that. Why? I don't know, but I don't know why they kept him in there. What was the point of him? He was just, he was just sitting there. They're gonna kill me! Come on! They're gonna I, kill me! I also, and I don't, I don't want to assume the gender. I'll say that right now. But I, I thought, I, I thought it was a, a a girl. Apparently, it's a guy because they were saying he's and him. But it was also Pearl, right? Yeah. So that was so that's, that's like a guy named Kelly. You know, it's, it's oh, it's Pearl. It's Pearl like that. It's, oh, it's like that whole um unisex name. I think. What's that other name? Leslie. Yes. Leslie Nielsen. How do you feel about that? I, I, on a tangent. I don't. I don't like a. I don't know. They're, they're weird. You know. It's if it's a, if it sounds like it's supposed to be a female name, don't give it to a boy. Don't name a boy Kelly. Don't name a boy Leslie. Don't name a boy Pearl. I mean, you can do what you want, but don't do it to prove a point. 
You're yeah. like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show them. Um, note, interesting note about Mr. Pearl. Uh, there, <laughs> the director initially, um, or I guess, you know when they do this whole thing where, like, we didn't say it in the movie, but someone asked me off screen and I came up with this oh, answer. This is the whole Zack Snyder thing that he's doing now with BBS where people are asking him things and he's, do, he's giving, like, universe-breaking answers. Like, oh, yeah, the first Robin that died was Dick Grayson. It's like, what? Uh, no, you, what are you talking about? Um, Steve Norrington states that the reason why Pearl is obese is because uh, it, the creature gained a cannibalistic lust of uh, for eating infants and children. What? That's, particularly their hearts. That's just weird. So, yeah. I'm glad they took that out of the film. You got obese from eating hearts? So baby hearts. Baby hearts. It there's baby, protein and baby There's enough protein in baby hearts to get you fat? Baby hearts and... Well, who's feeding this person? And... Obviously, you're not feeding them because they're doing such a great job at the records. Blade finds the records, destroys the records, steals the records, figures out the whole thing in minutes. Uh, I don't see a reason for an obese uh, keeper of the records. Yeah, that was weird. For other disgusting uh, factoids that they kind of left out, there was going to be a scene where the blood doctor, and I, I'm sorry, that's, that's what I'm going to be referring to her as. She's the, the blood doctor. She's, she's the blood doctor. doctor. What the hell is a hematologist? She's a, she's, a, she's a blood doctor. So the blood doctor um, wakes up, you know, after they've, Given her the pure garlic, uh, you know, pure garlic clear, cure for cancer uh, that Whistler, you know, creates. Um, she was supposed to wake up and find a jar with a baby vampire. And um, it was supposed to be explained to her that they keep that baby vampire there to test weapons on. That's really creepy. That's what disgusting. What were they thinking with this film? That's that's that. What what what, even, what is even what's even the purpose of that of that scene? <laughs> Eating babies, vampire baby test dummies. They were really shooting for the fences with this, but I guess when you have no fear, right? When you're not, when this is not going to start a cinematic universe, or when this is not expected to be the, you know, um, Citizen Kane of of superhero films, then you can kind of get away with little ridiculousness. Yeah, then they were rated R. You know, it's a new thing. Like that, I guess they were just they shot for the fences and they won. Because yeah. this is a really good, it's a good film. It's enjoyable. It's definitely enjoyable. Like I said, with all the scenes that you have, the eye-rolling moments, the 90s moments, a lot of the 90s stuff in this, like all the computer technology and stuff, obviously that's always going to be dated, but this seems Or the time-lapse editing, like that pro-90s. That is every Anything that is any movie about the 90s has time-lapse editing. Yeah, and you have that in here. Um, but for a film that supposedly, you know, has a lot of dated... Stuff in it also was a front runner for a lot of stuff. We already said, you know, black led superhero film that was taken seriously. Rated our comic book movie. Rated our comic book movie. Gory, violent comic book movies. I really believe that this kind of movie is like you'll open the door for like Wolverine. Yeah, definitely. You know, and this doesn't straight more straight darker, gritty. This is one of the first dark comic book movies out there as far as timelines go. This is 1998. Yeah. You know, this is before like uh the Dark Knight and Man of Steel and all those. We have the entire scene where Frost has Dragon Eddie basically combust. Uh, that is probably my favorite death scene of that movie. Uh, you know, Death's go, that was a really hard. That was cool death. That was hard. They, you know, they went. They shot for the fences with it as far as the gore and everything was considered. Um, something that I kind of noticed that I was like, huh, and I had to do some dating as far as when these films came out. Bullet time debuts in this film. When, oh yeah, uh, they shoot what? Deacon where he Frost? goes to shoot at the where he has holding the little girl, and he shoots and he Deacon out the Frost, way. and he does the Neo Dodge slow motion thing. A year before Matrix comes out. Also before Matrix comes out. Fully black clad, glasses wearing kung fu martial arts. Uh, before Bla- uh, Matrix Leather jacket comes out. porn. Leather jacket. The leather jacket kung porn. Fu, uh, uh, kung fu cinema stuff. I mean, Blade, you know, Blade does that. And it's funny because they, um, 
there's that joke in Deadpool when they show up um, from like uh, Ajax or whatever and they're wearing like leather jackets and all black where Weasel's like, I hope you guys uh, don't miss your midnight screening of Blade 2 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, make that so, joke. It's so funny because that that was totally the style and once Matrix comes, it's over. Everyone's in black. Everyone's doing kung fu. Everyone's dodging bullets. But, I mean, Blade kind of sort of did it first. So it's like, wow, when you consider some of the hokier moments of this, no, you still Blade have really did like pioneer a lot of what we see today. How did you like um, Blade replenishing himself to orgasm <laughs> with the blood doctor? Oh, my God. I was basically, while I was watching, I was basically like, this is like a sex scene. I'm like, wait, what's going like on here? She's like, enjoying this like way the, too much. It's like the camera panning around them in like a circle with like the fast editing yeah. type. But then you just see her, him like, <sighs> and your heart like, like, don't stop. Yeah, like, just oh take more. God. I was like, and, wow, you're really going in with this. Like, you're really going fully with this. Then I have, ha- I've donated blood. All right, it's it's not that great. It's no, not it's not it's to not those fun. levels. And if it was, people would be donating a lot more blood, <laughs> way more often. <laughs> She's like, oh, you know, I still have these holes, the convenient holes. You could just poke right back into and take all. Isn't you she need. supposed to be turned by now? Like, no, man, she synthesizes the the cure oh, for yes, all of vampirism in the first forty eight hours of being a vampire or or being bit by a vampire. I just like that the entire time that she's around, Whistler's giving her the side eye. Like, are you turned yet? Are you turned yet? I still don't trust you. You got bit. Yo, for real. <laughs> turned yet? Are you dead yet? And then when he finally thinks that, like, it, oh, it, we didn't shoot you with the garlic in time, you're definitely going to turn. You got about another day. For what it's worth, I'm sorry. With This is the worst, worst delivery I've seen in this entire movie when she says, you're basically saying I'm dead. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what? Yeah. You could have given me something, some sort of emotion, a, a, a lip quiver, a teardrop? I did like though that they made it seem like that that the vampire hunt uh, the vampire hunting stuff is all Blade does. Like when she wakes up from that and gets her whole like explanation for everything, Blade's ready to go back out. He's ready. You know, like, oh, that's yep, his life. This is what we do. That's where his life is. He's a vampire have, hunter. That's it. Does he have bacon and eggs? He don't stop till every single vampire is dead. How do you feel about Blade's drug dealer? He went by that guy. He went by that guy's uh, little like um uh like oil shop or whatever you know, and he gets some of that serum. Gives the guy a dap. Yeah, I, it was it was a weird scene. I didn't really need it. Was it's it's more filler. There was a lot of fillers in this movie that made it really long. Yeah, but like but like the time they got to the with the scene where like Blade like grabs that train and dislo- like, dislocates his shoulders. Oh. We're already at like forty five minutes, and we're only we're only forty five minutes, and we still have like another hour and twenty minutes to go. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was surprised. This I'm film like, is two oh hours my god, long. This yeah. one, it's not even that it was two hours long. It felt like two hours and, long. Like yeah, I this it. movie was felt long because it was action. With filler, with action, with filler, with action. So yeah. it's like, I'm up, I'm down. I'm up, I'm down. They also had the classic um, plot device of, we have the thing that will cure you, but you will not have your powers anymore. What choice oh. are you going to make? And once they said that, I'm like, come on, bro. You're going to be normal and fight vampires? What are you doing here? Oh, yeah, yeah. At work? the end, where he's like, I want that cure. And she's like, oh, God. Good thing that the cure for vampirism can even stop the blood god, right? Because he just gets shot up full of serums which come yeah he he stabs him with like all like nine which part how does that serum packet <laughs> even survive they threw it off you know i knew it was not gonna break when i didn't hear it break yeah. usually when you throw something off a cliff you hear it break when they threw something off that when they threw that that box thing or the serums off yeah, the yeah, cliff yeah. he like, had like in a fanny pack wasn't it he had like in a it fanny like, pack it was like a, a utility belt okay yeah, there like you a go utility belt where he just throws it i'm like yeah it's gonna survive. It's gonna be right there. It's gonna be so convenient. And Look at that. Marvel, here at the end, Marvel debuting utility belts. You, I mentioned the train scene. You know what occurred to me? 
First time you see somebody hold somebody's face up to a train. Before wow, Spider-Man yes. 3. Yes. Spider-Man 3 happens to Sandman. It looks so cool. But I see it in this film. And I'm like, oh, snap. Blade did it first. Well, Blade, Blade, oh, so Blade had the first train fight scenes in general. Look at that. Which makes sense because, you know, he was in, uh, I think, Long L.A., like downtown L.A. Um, and... Vampires in this universe are kind of proud. Like they, they own nightclubs. They like they they own the police. Well, we were told. they're also the vampires in this universe seem to be like doormats to the humans. Like the, that whole that's why Deacon Frost wanted to like get, kill the council because they were signing peace treaties so they can live um, amongst the humans. And he's like, oh, we're there. There are food. Why do we sign these peace treaties and shit? Yeah, it's always uh, there's always going to be a villain that sees. Um, everybody else but their organization as ants, basically. And they say, like, why are we Why are we even having face-to-face conversation with these people? Like, we are so much above and evolved past them. Meanwhile, um, they can't handle a little bit of sunlight, but they create SPF 300? That, I that can, they, I, I assume <laughs> that because he was, like, he was turned and he still had... He was still human that he was all right. They start putting suntan suntan lotion basically on Deacon Frost. And I'm like, please don't tell me that sunblock. Please don't tell me that we're going to see a scene of him being unaffected by sun. because And right after that. He's outside with a little girl. And he's just chilling. He looks a little bit, you know, um, depleted of of maybe nutrients and vitamins. But he seems to be doing fine. Meanwhile, Dragon Eddie has like a tube of smoke coming out of his, billowing out of his shirt because he's just bursting in flames from the sun. And they had, they just put on like a SWAT gear. Yeah, they yeah. put on motorcycle gear. Yeah, like leather jacket, a, hel- a motorcycle helmet. I'm like, and they just watch the man burn. Some people like, just right. want to watch them watch vampires burn, bro. I told her this sometimes. I heard that his the woman that plays uh, Deacon Frost's uh, girlfriend, uh, Mercury, that 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 was that actress's first. She was a model, and that was her first uh, like big role. And you can kind of you can kind of tell a little bit. From, from yeah, she didn't really have that much speaking roles, but when she did, it was all right. I wasn't roll my eyes didn't roll up by her. Like she was harmless to me. It was more harmless than anything. Yeah. Um. And again, like there were some cheesy line deliveries, but again, nothing that was that beat some of the worst stuff. Because some today. motherfuckers always try to ice skate up hills. That's just what it is. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's exactly what happens. Um. I think this film also does better by keeping the focus majority on Blade. They didn't make it a romance between him and the Blood Yeah, Doctor, that so. was great because usually every movie where the superhero has a damsel in distress, there's always a love interest and it's always forced love interests. Like, I hate when they force it. Yeah. It's like he saves her, she falls in love with him, and it's like, what? Like, out of nowhere. I They did have the obligatory scene of person who was saved by superhero wakes up and walks around superhero's lair to be like what's all this stuff um i did like that the sword had some kind of like defense mechanism i think it was his like uh, i guess his fingerprints no see i thought that and i'm like this is genius wow they built like some sort of dna decoder what whatever that if if it's not blade's hands it will shoot these uh silver i guess spikes and kill any vampire that tries to hold on to them um but deacon frost hears it and switches it off when he holds the sword, and I'm like, "Oh, so it's a switch." There's a button that says, "Press oh, yeah, here if you button. do if you want to hold." No, I saw the, the button at the end. I was like, "That's what? That's weird." Way better. I would have liked. I would have liked the DNA thing. But no, it's good. It's just a switch. Which is weird. Does that thing even work? It work like to like kill vampires because the guy was holding it in his hand. Like, well, one guy holds it. Yeah, and, and it shoots off his shoots hand. Off, but it, yeah. but he's like he has no problem with it. He starts laughing. Oh, he's fine. But I think his hands are just his hand is. 
done. But what does that matter when you can see everyone grow back? When you can literally grow back from a charred corpse in a yeah, uh, mortuary? Yeah, that, like, that was so. Uh, that was. Then what was the point of setting him on fire if he was just gonna like tell your boss I'm coming? And now that I'm thinking about it, there might have been some method to that madness, but the method is is completely heartless. Unless Blade was literally just using Quinn the entire time to trace this all the way back to Deacon. Like, he didn't care if he woke up in the morgue and killed a bunch of people. He was just going to show up there and then chase him down and see if he went Basically, back to Basically, he knew he was going to. That's why he came. Because he knew if he came, I said, like, I came to finish you off. You could have finished him off there. could have been done. But it's funny because when that scene happens where he's on fire and then the cops randomly bust in, I'm like, okay, wait, there's a bunch of blood, there's a bunch of dead people and a random black guy standing in the middle there. This is not going to go well. They're not going to be like, oh, thank you, Blade. They're like, oh, put your hands up. Right through this sewer. And that's exactly what happens. He shows right up and Blade's able to go through like a doggy door <laughs> through the back and uh, it's fine. Only Wesley Snipes through. can look cool coming from a sewer and then walking down the most windiest alley I've ever seen. Oh, and then the whole idea, well, if the door, if there, if, then if you ever are in search of something valuable and it's behind some sort of like crazy titanium door, all you have to do is blow around the door because the rest of the wall is sheetrock. So if you can just get through the sheetrock parts around the door, you can just go in and get anything you want. This man just puts like some plastic explosive, blows the entire door down like it was made of paper mache, even though the door itself looked incredibly heavy and incredibly thick of like stainless steel or something like that, titanium. They keep saying titanium in this film. But uh, yeah, he just, man, screw it. That's where that whole scene happens where they're just destroying priceless artifacts over and over again. Blade's able to take some with them. There's also that scene, uh, you know, when we talk about the mortuary, where um, she's bitten for like a half an hour by Quinn, by this charred corpse, is biting her, taking her blood. Um, and then Blade sees her and then um, sees his mother. That which I thought that was weird because, like, how you do not have any kind of image of your mother at no. all. Not one. You have not one image that of your mother. That was a pretty picture. Uh, 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 that was uh, a very specific picture. Yeah, yeah. You you saw a, a crystal clear image that we also saw was um, cinematic. In the beginning <laughs> you, you of had the a movie. Cin- you had a cinematic memory of your mom when you were born. I personally don't have that. I have no recollection of my birth. I, I, I'm pretty I, sure I, it was I, absolutely I think I was awesome. I the audience first to, to the, hey, he's thinking of his mother. But then how are you thinking of your mother? You have no idea what she looks like. You never met her. How do you even know that's your mother in the at the end of the movie? Like, that we, just opens up a can of worms. Oh, now. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, he knows it's his mother because somehow he was able to ascertain her ID. He has it in his house. With where that? Did they ever explain what that plant was uh, I, that he was praying to? I don't think so. Or something. I thought he was just getting high. I thought he was like, you know what, I'm about yeah, to go out there. Because I was like, right before the end, like, right before he does to do his little um, setup montage with all his weapons and stuff, he just, you see him holding a plant in a dark room, and I'm like... He's, like, praying to the plant. At one point, she sees the plant. It's, like, in this, like, almost, like, religious... Um, I have no idea what the significance was at all with this religious thing, but yeah, that is not that is not the case. We yeah, they never they never, eh, they never named this plant. Um, it's like it's like weirder than Leon the professional with his plant. Like yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe it was a nod to that. Maybe Wesley's like yeah, because you know Wesley's like had a lot to do with this. I think he was a producer on it as well. Um, which they probably gave to him because he was like, I'm not doing this. I want to do Black Panther. And they're like, you could be a producer. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> but it's going to be me. And like I said, this this Blade is more Wesley Snipes than he is Blade in this film. And then they just kind of just merge those two ideas. Um, did you ever see that Blade series that they tried to start? Uh, I saw like an episode of it and I didn't really like it because I saw it wasn't Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, I can't do it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that as well, but I think uh, Goyer worked on that too. Yeah, it was like right after Blade Trinity. Right. Like as soon as Blade Trinity got like a little bit because of... Because that's what we need after Blade Trinity is more of that. It was Spike that picked it up. I remember yes, it, was. it was Spike. It was, I remember it was I mean, Spike that picked Spike, it up. Spike, 
vampires. Of course. You know, that, that and this is when this is when Spike was at like the t- the top of its game there. They had like the Ren and Stimpy adult show. But they also had like like this Stuparella. ultra masculine marketing thing. Like Spike was the men's channel. Oh no, yeah. Network Spike was men. very like explosive channel. It's for us, it's for action, it's for men. It was like what the heck? Oh, that's a lot of testosterone there. <laughs> um this film predates the Marvel Cinematic Universe by a decade. Uh prior to this, Marvel could not get a footing in, in cinema. You had uh, you know, Superman comes out in what seventy six, I wanna say, or you know, in the late seventies, and then you yeah, have like Batman Batman in the late eighties. Meanwhile, we're dealing with like the trial of the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> Marvel, Dolph Lundgren as uh the Punisher, uh David Hasselhoff is Nick Fury. We have these weird offshoot Marvel uh, oh, yeah, projects, all these weird, and like, none of them yeah. are landing. And then we get Blade. Yeah. Because Blade is before X Men. Right, exactly. And I wanna think that Blade Started making people think, oh, we can probably do something with these properties. But if you're gonna de- if if you're gonna debut a, a a comic book properties character, what a way to debut! You debut with Blade, uh, Wesley Snipes, big actor at that time. Right. You you have a black superhero, so you're gonna get a lot of a demographics to come. Right. And now it's violent, it's gory, it's a horror movie. There's vampires. And nineties got it. Eighties is good. Very Definitely. 90s. The, soundtrack, 90s is the also, soundtrack was very 90s. 90s um, also, you know, as far as the horror is concerned, people were really digging the, the, the new turn into horror um, in the in the early 90s especially. Um, late 80s is all slasher, you know, and then you've got your possession movies and stuff. So they really, they it was smart. I, I uh, applaud this film for deciding to make it a, a horror genre film, a horror, a horror action film because on the strength of pure action, I don't know if it would if it would have worked. On just horror, I don't think it would have worked. If, if if these scenes, if these action scenes weren't as good as they were, I don't know if this film would have been as good as it, as it was. And if those level of horror, if I wasn't scared, no, if you would have thrown Ghost Rider as the first com- Marvel comic book movie to bro, I try and think kick of it off. Action of in Ghost Rider. There was none. There was none. My God. There was. I I rewatched Ghost Rider. There was like two action scenes. There was the one where uh, the one of the vampire, one of the demons was like the wind. And he spit. What? No, his one of these demons was the wind, and you see like him. You see Ghost Rider try to grab him, like swing on him, and he throws this stupid line. He's like, he's like, you must have not went to school, Rider. You can't catch the wind. And what? Then he, and then he, so then he takes out his his uh, chain that he has around his his body. Right, right, and right. And he spins it in the air. So just hoping, sucks. hoping that he hits the wind. He, to suck a vortex, he's a making vortex? A, a vortex. He's wow. making a wind vortex to capture the wind. Good work, and then Ghost Rider. Then it's uh, the end, and there's one little like fight scene ish at the end. Other than that, the only other cool action we get was the penance, and you only get oh, one penance there, right? You only get one penance there. Okay, and that was actually uh, what come on, Rebel Wilson was in that movie actually. Rebel Wilson was in that yes, movie. Yes, from Pitch Perfect, Rebel Wilson was the was the first girl that. Ghost Rider saves when he first transforms. Oh, but she's a goth, right? Yes. Yes. And she's explaining to him on the news where she's like, he had his head and it's like, Tah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's the Rebel pr- Wilson. Uh, but not also not the first goth um, random cameo. I would give that to um, uh, Lucy Lawless in Spider Man Two. Was that her? She's like, uh, he's kind of hot. He, she's like all goth, and they're asking people oh, about Spider Man. Oh, wasn't that, the, that wasn't that the first one? It might have been the first one. Yeah, where they're axing everybody because Jim Norton is one of the... Yeah, Jim I don't Norton's like him. The, he's like, yeah, he's like, he stinks, I like don't like him. Yes. <laughs> Guy with eight hands, kind of hot. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Lucy Lawless, Lucy Lawless. I'm telling you, man. It's it's all there. It's all there. You were talking about the 90s music. 
also predates yeah very Matrix like with electronic the, rave you know sex punk uh, a lot of the prodigy stuff like uh you know Firestarter and all that kind of stuff yeah kind of music but it also predates Matrix with that because Matrix digs all that Matrix yeah, dives Matrix all into very all that stuff into that rave uh, that weird music. European um the European mu- rave European God. electronic uh, music. Which I guess they're just going with that because of vampires. I guess because, you know, Transylvania and all that. In Transylvania. Hotel Transylvania you're talking about? Great movie. Blade needs to show up in Hotel Transylvania is what you're oh, telling me. Oh, poor Adam Sandler. That was, yeah, well, I've been saying poor Adam Sandler since I saw that ridiculous sixth uh, thing that was on That was, on oh, that was a horrible movie, but I digress. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, yeah, so front-running a lot of this stuff. I, I dug um, the, the last part of the action sequence because they do that whole like Batman thing of like he's only a man like what, what's the worst that could happen he's one man one man's gonna show up what's the worst that one man can do we got all these semi-automatic weapons and stuff like that and then he just shows up and just wrecks shop and a lot of the fight is heard through the like the, the um, walkie talkie like Deacon Frost is like why are there gunshots I told you guys not to shoot or whatever, whatever and it's basically Blade laying everybody out but again as far as like front runners or whatever like or pioneers are concerned Big CGI mess of a third act, basically. Blade, baby, front runner. <laughs> that was a yeah, that was a weird because he goes to cut him his body in half and, and he like, does a whoa. Uh, the, the, first, the, first, the first gyration, the first bad guy gyration at the end. Uh, out of control. Did you hear that initially they just wanted him to fight like a big blood monster? I'm glad they didn't go with just a big CGI blood monster. And he was just gonna like throw blood at him. Because honestly, <laughs> I don't remember the I, I don't remember the end. So every time they kept talking about the La Mag, the La Magra, I'm like, "Yep, it's gonna be this big. It's gonna be this big yeah. schlock. It's gonna be a big schlock." And then it comes and it's just Deacon Frost with with enhanced CGI, and I'm just like, "All I right." Par- I, I partially dig. thought it was going to be um, like that weird, stupid creature from Spawn. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. The big the, horn. That's the devil. That's Satan. Okay. Oh yes, so that was supposed devil. to be Satan. Maybe I'm not thinking of Spawn. No, I'm thinking of Mortal Kombat. Annihilation. It was like this weird. Oh, I remember. It came out of the dragonfly. And it was like this weird, big, ugly CGI terrible mess. And I was 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 thinking that. Um, But, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't that bad. You got that, like, uh, Deacon Frost becomes Lamaga or whatever. And then he does, like, the weird, like, dodgy, I'm faster than you stuff. But then Blade gets him anyway. Yeah. So, like, none of that mattered. Because that motherfucker tried skating up. That's why all the skating. Too much skating, Mr. Too Frost. much ice skating up hills. Um, you, uh, the ending, if I can remember, is he brings the 12 members of the Vampire Council. Yeah, he brings them all the 12 members to that little uh, sacrifice place. Then he lets blood drip on their faces, and then their skeletons escape their bodies as they're, I guess, they're dead or been sacrificed That's to the blood was? god. I'm making all this up. I, I had no idea was what going those on the things were flying around. This was going on on the screen, but this is the the, the canon that I've made up. Uh, is that yeah, uh, Lamagra? Um, that so was. Weird. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. The scene where he's put in the what I call the Wesley Snipes styes hole, the Wesley Snipes cookie cutter uh, mold thing that they have. That's exactly the the height that they needed. That it to was be great for Wesley Snipes. They have this. They have this weird. Uh, <laughs> Am I lying? It looks like one of those cookie cutter molds. No, it was a cookie cutter mold. They even had like they had like straps for his arms. And, and he neck. just stands in it, and then it closes. That scene of him of just like blood pouring out of his wrist that that kind of got me. I was a little like, uh, that, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like kinda, the whole. What the hell are they cutting him with? He, like? I, they, I, I, where his uh, restraints were on his wrist, those were blades, and so he was just bleeding out. 
and it's it, disgusting. A lot, a lot, a lot was going on. What got what? What the one thing I kept saying that got me that took me out of the whole last act was one of the vampire councils was killed by Deacon Frost's girlfriend. Yeah, but don't you need twelve? So who was getting? Unless they thought, unless they thought that there was some fat, right? Maybe they had fourteen because they killed Dragonetti. So there must have been like I guess more, and they were all kind of weird. No one else it's on the, the council. I never, on screen, you never see them replace that spot. So I'm just like, who's getting it? Who's how is it going down? Like it was just taking me out of the movie. And no one else on the council said anything smart, did anything smart, did anything worth the damn. Which is another. Which is it was like a Batman '89 moment, really. Yeah. Like that whole council scene stuff started reminding me of Batman. Wow. And now that you're saying that, I remember hearing that. Um, you know, is, what did I say Stephen Dorf? Is it? Yeah, his name is Stephen Dorf. That he um he initially. Didn't want to take the role because he thought that comic book movies were a little bit, you know, slocky and silly. But um, that he ended up taking some some inspiration from Nicholson's Joker. And um, now that I think about it, you have that scene in, in Batman 89 where he walks into the boardroom with a bunch of gangsters and says, like, what you guys are doing is not great. Mm, yeah, I'm going to do it better. Over. And I'm going to do it better. And that scene almost gets replicated in Dark Knight. Where there's a bunch of gangsters sitting around, and then he shows up, and he's like, "Your way of doing things is old, and my I have the new." Which is basically now it's a cliche at this point, where there's a boardroom of of gangsters that are trying to do it one way, and one new guy wants to do it a different way. Do you know how bad you have to be at gangstering to have like a gangster meeting about gangstering? Like <laughs> you're sitting around going, "Man, we really can't catch this guy. We should probably meet up." And talk about this like yeah. PowerPoint presentation of like why is Blade killing all of us? Because they say all the time they know of Blade, they know of the Daywalker. Um, yeah, they're very prejudiced of the Daywalker. And if it wasn't for the Lamangra stuff, they would have killed him. But Dwarf needed him alive for this, which then killed him because they needed his blood for some reason. They always need his blood, bro. Everyone they always it. need the bad. The bad guy always needs the good guy's blood. Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, Why does he need his blood in Amazing Spider-Man Two? We need what? the blood, bro. The blood, uh, the the that's the that's the elixir of life, I guess. I guess that's what they're trying to say there. But um, Pearl, you know, disgusting moments like Pearl farting aside. Oh my God, they had her torturing her him it with the that with thing. the uh, with the sunlight sunlight UV projector ray. UV, UV ray. ray. Yeah, it was a it was a little UV ray. It was like a floodlight that you like hold in like a cave. You know what my favorite part about that whole floodlight thing was. Uh, how quickly the girl was just like, I'll just kill it. I'll just kill Pearl. I don't. Oh, care. and then she's like, it moved. It moved. Like, she was oh so. My God, she, she was, was really. Horrible. She was really into that whole. I'm oh, just going to kill she this was fool. So deal. horrible. I can't stand her acting. If it was any other actress, I would have loved it. I would have loved that line. I would have chewed up her dialogue like nothing. But she gave me no sense of I want to be here. Everything was even when she had her dis- shoulder dislocated. She's just like. Ah. My shoulders dislocated. Not screaming. Not not yelling. Oh yeah. Then they they do they like. Then he just pulls it, and she's like, ah. And he 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 like snaps it out. Yeah. And then the same thing happens with him, and then and she then he, breaks it. Yeah. She or or breaks it or fixes oh, it or whatever. Please, you gotta let me help you. I can't stand her act. I just couldn't oh stand my it. god. When they when he has her, he saved her. Cops show up. And then he throws her from one one building. Yo, I'm like, did she just splat? I'm like, like, no, that's it. That she died. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Blade. Thanks for that. Like, she's not turned yet. 
No. No, she didn't even turn yet. And then he just jumps and does a superhero landing. No issues. No problems with his knees. <laughs> but her, oh, you hit, you legit hear the splat that she hits makes. Yeah. And then he jumps down and all it is is a dislocated shoulder. No, Which that's then, like six broken ribs, two broken legs, a broken arm. Yeah, and he's not helping her at any point. She's asking all kinds of questions. He's like, shut up. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not with it. He's beating up cops in daylight. Broad day, like beating up a policeman with the badge is shining in the sun, and he's just punching up a bloodied policeman and bullying him. I'm like, Blake, yeah, he pulls out a gun, and there's people just walking by like nothing. No one calls cops. No he one pulls out a gun on Deacon Frost. He's shooting in, in public, like in mass public, and people are just walking by, like, okay, and mind my business. They really were in New York, probably. And I'm telling you, uh, uh, Deacon Frost sends that little girl 40 miles an hour through that hot dog cart or kiosk or whatever it was where she oh, he threw her so hard that glass she shattered. survived but i can't believe she survived and then she was gonna get hit by a truck and blade was able to you know like save her in that moment so i mean you know you do you do have your, your definitely hero moments heroic moments where you get to see blade save her life so i thought that was pretty cool um but yeah all the rave stuff i thought was awesome i think i do i do like the whole um the armory of blade because I think is, it looked cooler in the second one, because they yeah. really got they really went more in depth on everything he has in the second one. He had like sunlight bombs that were like like, the, like grenades, right? Like, yeah, like these grenades, like grenades. A dude, like, <laughs> like these grenades, dude, like straight sunlight. Like it was like a UV rays. Like he has like these like thermonuclear like shits because he had Norman Redis. Yeah, in the second one, making all of his tools, but he was making uh, all new age. But then tools. Whistler comes back. Yeah, because <laughs> the whole first act, the whole first act of the of Blade Two was him finding Whistler. The whole first act of Blade Two is me remembering people exploding. A lot of people were yeah, exploding. Yeah, they did. They, they did the ex- yeah, because they did the, that whole uh, the disintegration from the first one, but they did yeah. it a whole differently. He seemed to have um, also like silver, like piano wire in that film where he could just wrap yeah, like around garret wires, garret yeah, yeah, wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just, I mean, look. If you find vampires, you gotta you gotta up your, your yeah. That, that was crazy. I liked the action from the second one, like with the garret wires, where he like he he puts the wire around their neck, turns around and like lifts them off the ground, and then you just see them like disintegrate on his back. Like, what are your some of your favorite uh, zo- uh zombie whoa vampire kills in this? Um, when he has the shotguns that shoot the silver stakes. Oh yeah, I love awesome. it. Like a uh, in the fir- in the beginning when he hits the girl in the knees and then shoots her up across the face. That was pretty good. Or and then anytime he has his his sword, I I want Blade with his katanas at all time. Yeah, that was also pretty cool. Um, and we hadn't really seen superheroes with swords in this. And I not that nothing against Wesley Snipes, but you look at him and you don't think he's an expert swordsman. I wouldn't assume that he was an expert swordsman. He's out there, you know, doing some stuff. Now again, it's the same thing. Like if somebody's playing amateur guitar, I wouldn't know the difference because I can't do it. But um, I don't know the the degree of expertise. Uh, Wesley has with that sword, but it looked believable. It looked like the man knew what he was doing with it, especially with some of the kung fu stuff that they were doing, and excellent editing on those on the punches, kicks. Oh yes, great editing. I like that. I could tell what's going down in the fight. I could actually see the fight, and it's him. It's not somebody in a hoodie. You know, maybe they they had um you know uh, uh what you call it um stuntmen and stuff. But usually now we get this whole thing where the person has their entire face covered so it could literally be anybody else or you get the problem like with Black Panther in some of those scenes where it's just a springy CGI yeah. stunt double man. I saw some of those issues in, um, I saw Spider-Man 2 again and I was watching the train scene to do our last podcast of the top 10 um, best comic book movie moments and some of that CGI is not all that great um, but it was the beginning of that, of that kind of stuff. 
and we see the beginning of that kind of stuff here like in that third act where he's doing the whole injection with the cure stuff and their heads are exploding because it wasn't they supposed to go into like anaphylactic shock yeah which but is then a whole they're turning thing. into gushers commercial heads yeah <laughs> remember those gusher commercials yeah where you bite it take a bite of the gushers and you turn into huge. the fruit that you're eating yeah your head gets huge don't so bite they, gushers. they just look they just look like a bunch of raspberries you know it don't, was really weird don't bite gushers kids don't bite gushers um yeah he uh they uh, they they build like I said in one film they build they get they build the cure for vampirism they build the cure for the hunger the thirst all that kind of stuff there um, and so seemingly going forward there should be no issues right there is no Blade Two or Blade Three because we have the cure for vampirism we have the coolest vampire killer in the world but yeah they still find ways to make those sequels yeah but I I, I like the second one by the time the third one comes out what's that two thousand two uh no uh a little bit more like two thousand four or five really. I think like it had to have been because Blade Two was like two thousand two thousand one. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. It would have to be around around those times. Um, because Ryan Reynolds was just trying to shake off his Van Wilder, and remember Triple H was still in his like biker craze. Yeah, so Blade Two is in two thousand and two. So that's four yes. year. That's a four year difference. Yes, and then the, so then that the third one would have to be like. Four or five, maybe. Blade three is in two thousand four. Yes. Evolution, pure prime Triple H Evolution time. Yeah. So, um, that's a long time. Uh, I guess because we're in this like, uh, conveyor belt, um, movie making thing now, right? Where movies yeah, are literally six, coming six out. Six years for a trilogy is not bad. Yeah, in consideration, right? Because we're still waiting for the Bad Boys trilogy. I know, God, two thousand. <laughs> yeah, well, six years for a trilogy isn't that bad. We're still waiting for the Bad Boys trilogy, and it w- it wasn't as bad as the wait for the Rush Hour trilogy, which Not ended up becoming an absolute. Oh my God, what a disappointment! You had it, guys. You had it. What are you doing? You had it. You yeah, I was not a fan of the third one. What are you, What are you guys doing here? Uh, first movie where the third one isn't that great. First comic book movie where the third one kind of falls off the rails, and the second one's a little better. You know, you have that in Spider Man. You have that in X Men. Uh, but they sure as hell started it here because by 2004, I don't think anything had reached a trilogy. But Batman. Uh, by, 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 by 2004, yeah, there was there was Batman and Superman. Batman and Superman. Yeah, but no, I don't. You know what's crazy is I don't remember nothing about the third Superman movie. The third Superman movie, from my recollection, and I have very poor recollection. Was that the one with Evil Superman? That's the one with uh, Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor finds a way to like steal pennies on the dollar from everyone in the world or something like that and he becomes like a millionaire and he so he's kind of sort of the bad guy but he's not the bad guy and so that was when the, the weird moment where putting him and Gene Wilder I'm, and everything I, I guess I'm not, I guess I'm glad I didn't see the third Superman yeah I probably will never see the third Superman okay I feel you. I feel maybe, you. maybe I'll do a never has I. Maybe we do a thing on a never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but then we gotta watch Superman Four: Quest for Peace, which which it has the <laughs> greatest villain of all time. Uh, uh, what was his name? Meteor Man. Um, a nuclear atomic, man. Oh, nuclear man. Yes. Nuclear man. And with yeah. the greatest superpower of all times, masonry, being able to rebuild the oh China, that the wall of China with your with vision. His eyes. Did Blade do anything in here that was uh like um ridiculous? That you remember thinking, like, oh, I don't think that that's how that, that like, works. That, like, he personally did himself? Yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah. Actually, no. His, uh, his, a lot of his act, a lot of his fighting style and a lot of his scenes seemed practical. Besides throwing that, that woman <laughs> off of a building into another, onto a building's roof. Besides that, 
Everything he did with his fighting seemed practical. I did crack up when he was beating up the cop in her house because he's just breaking things. He's breaking tables. He's breaking all kinds of things in this woman's house. Where you can see that he obviously has control of this fight. Like he has all the weapons. This guard has been being, uh, this cop has been being beaten down. Um, you you went you you have the higher ground blade, and he's just smashing him through her tables and her couches and all kinds of stuff. And it's like. Really? And she's not even saying anything. She's no. not trying to stop him. She's not trying to say I think at one point she mentions something about it, but I would have been like, Can you take this outside? And you find out that again, like I said prior, that he just she just used her as bait. So that this guy would show up and he knew he was gonna show up. That's why she was, let that's why he let her go, right? Because that's he, he knew that they were gonna be at the house. He did not care about this woman. No, at all. And then and he I took like her that. blood. I like that. I'm glad. She should have been a villain in the in the second one. That's what they should have did. Should have made it. Well, she's uh, she found the cure for vampirism, so I guess that's that. And then they get in the next one. They, the reason that they up the ante, or the way that they up the ante, is by having um, uh, unsunlight affected vampires, right? That's the. Oh whole, no, they, they had these weird like they hybrid. Were these, they were these hybrid super vampires where their mouths like split open at like the chin, so it's like they look like a Venus flytrap. But listen, look, I mean, at what point in the boardroom meeting when you say? hybrid super vampires <laughs> do people go that yes that's exactly what we were looking for hybrid yeah, super and it vampires was so weird because like, you can't even you can't even hide yourself you legit have a split down your chin that just turns into like this venus flytrap opening up and now your mouth is like crazy but they had norman redis they bring back chris christopherson there's a few uh, unnamed actors that I can I could put my face to, I could put their face in my head I just can't remember the names. A lot more of the leather jacket porn. More well, you fighting. have Homeboy from Hellboy. Uh, damn it. Um, what's the? Because he's bald and he has the Fu Manchu and the glasses and he leads the um he leads like the. Yes, yes, I know exactly who you're talking other about. Other vampire. The, the 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 fake Silas from um the Matrix. <laughs> That's terrible. But yeah, the Matrix had already come out. Yeah, so they were trying to capitalize on the thing that they started. Like they had, they created the look and the feel and all that kind of stuff that ultimately gets cultivated in the Matrix, and then they try to piggyback off the Matrix. But the Matrix had completely blown everybody out of the water. So when they see all the stuff from Blade, not knowing that it, he kind of did some of this stuff in the first one, it seems like a ripoff. It does Blade Two seems like a sort of kind of uh, in the style quality a ripoff of um of the rest. There was a lot more one-liners from Blade in Blade Two. They got. Uh, Guillermo del Toro for uh, Blade 2. Who, what, that. writing? Directed it. Directing? Yes. Guillermo del Toro directed <laughs> Blade 2. Yes. No wonder why I like Blade 2 so much. Yeah. I love del Toro's. No wonder. And it's so freaky. You know what? That freaky. makes more sense now. Now I understand the villains of this movie and why there's these vampire super hybrids where their that face opens. He loves his it's, creatures. Yep, it's del Toro. It makes perfect sense. He definitely loves his creatures. But, and it, um, it's cool, right? Because in the beginning of these superhero stuff, before it becomes um, cool to be a superhero or want to be a superhero, um, you know, uh, Wesley Snipes being signed, huge deal, you know. And then as we start getting the X Men and the super- and the Spider Mans, you be like oh, Halle Berry, you know, uh, Patrick Stewart, and you're getting these other people getting into these roles. Um, now it's you don't bat an eye if you hear. Joaquin Phoenix is playing the Joker, or you know, um, yeah, because you know this is coming to now. We're in a, in a time where Robert Downey Jr. is playing Iron Man, and right. Chris Evans is playing Captain America, and all of these people that you don't expect to play a superhero is playing a superhero, and then you're like, 
they're probably going to do good because it just happens. But you don't get that without Wesley taking a, a, a swipe at this, you know, um, taking a chance on this. Because, again, to a lot of people, this genre is not anything worth uh, investing in. Yeah, because it's, it's not it, investing Bram Stoker's in. Dracula meets Twilight, but yeah. with action. Yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think they did a good film. Uh, 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 they made a good film with this. And you have, um, I think Goyer was on all three. So he was like quality control, I guess. Um, I think, no, he straight up directs three, which might be, might have been the problem. Um, but gone on to then do great stuff with The Dark Knight. Uh, one of the greatest trilogies ever. And I guess maybe he learned his lesson from the last trilogy he was in, the last superhero-themed trilogy. Because The Dark Knight stuff happens almost immediately after or during, right? Uh, you get well, when did when three. Did t- Blade Three came out in two thousand four, and Dark Knight and uh, Batman Begins was around two thousand five, right? Yeah. So while they were writing and making, yeah, he's probably doing both projects. He was looking over over the shoulder, like, "Hey, Warner Brother, I'm thinking I'm about to leave this whole thing here. Would you like to see this?" Uh, I I think it'd be some time. Uh, it'd be cool to uh, for this last part to try to um, cultivate what should be the next Blade movie. Do you think the next Blade film should be, uh, you know? In the deep in the heart of the MCU, or it doesn't need to be like a Defenders kind of deal where it's taking place, but no one really knows about him. Or I think Blade, I think Blade needs an MCU. Uh, no, no, sorry, I think it needs a Netflix MCU run. I think it needs a, a little series. Throw Blade in with the Defenders. Okay. I would. I think because Blade is a very complex character. Mm-hmm. From how these movies make it seem, his backstory, you know, he seems like a very complex character. I want to see Blade as fifteen. Under Wesker's wing, okay, being trained because that's when when Whistler found him when he was like thirteen when his when uh he was feeding on the homeless. I did say one of my favorite parts of uh Batman Begins was that training montage that you have with uh Ra's al Ghul and Batman. So if you you even it have makes sense because you're like okay how is this rich billionaire playboy beating these bad guys up with like pressure points and martial arts you see how it happened i think the coolest part of that sort of origin would be how they deal with the thirst yes uh, early on as a kid yes um you know and whether or not he ever acted on it at any point i mean that would be cool if he had he had acted on it once uh, yeah i want to see him like after like after whisk whistler like where he's like in his 20s where all of a sudden like he just couldn't hold it back and he just eats somebody on a cold night you Who, know who's your blade who would be my blade i know i'm putting you on the spot here Man, I think Michael B. Jordan can do it. I was thinking Michael B. Jordan too. I don't know why I could. I just think see. it might be. I I don't think he's old enough. But if you're saying like you're doing a, a younger Blade, I think he'll fit right in that role. Um, there. I'm trying to think now. Yeah. As far as as far as child act, I'm not really too familiar with like teenage. Oh, the kid from Dope. Oh, maybe? he was pretty good. The kid from Dope would be good. Yeah, he was pretty good. You uh. You're going to need a Whistler. Just get Jeff Bridges. He was <laughs> Just put a wig on Jeff Bridges and have him out. Chris Christopherson can't be doing much, right? Let's call him back. Call him well, back, yeah, bring him in. Well, yeah, I guess Jeff Bridges would be good. I haven't seen how he looks now. So do you – is this our whole thing? I mean, you know, you're, you're getting me excited about a series that doesn't take place because I would do the whole thing of, like, if there's vampires in, let's say, New York, which is where a lot of the Netflix stuff takes place, it would then have to pull everybody in. Because you're, it's not, it's not. Well, that's what I'm saying. You could like you throw, throw like um, throw oh. Blade in with a de- with the defenders, like, but have each like, different episodes, each defender awesome. cameo. That'd be awesome. Because and that's how he like you see him Blade like um 
intertwining with all of their lives. Yeah. Like, you know, Jessica Jones is doing a private eye detective work on a guy that just so happens to be the vampire that Blade is looking for. You know, a vampire. He's been dead for X Yeah, you know, like, you know, know one, the hand comes back to, to fight against, um, what's his name, uh, Danny Rand and Daredevil. And, and, or you could have um, Danny Rand help train uh, Blade. Young Blade, or, like, or, yeah. And, you know, or, or them just, them oh, get you, into it. Yeah, I would love and Luke him and Luke Cage. You know, there's like you know they they meet they they all they talk. You know, like yeah, they like, they all train each other. We need, a, like, we need a brother in the shadows. Well, we need a brother I, out in, in the I open. Would, you know, I would love to see, I would love to see a blade develop. Thank you for reminding me. We're talking about uh, him meeting Luke Cage. First appearance, cinematic appearance of a hero for hire. This guy steals watches. Blade steals watches. He steals. First of all, he robs every vampire that he comes across and uses the jewelry as payment for his serum that's when he when he goes and gets the serum from that guy he legit opens up a bag full of rolexes and that's what he pays him with when he beats up the cop he starts to rob him and the the blood doctor's like you're robbing him what are you robbing him for he's like this job don't pay what do you think <laughs> what do you think, what do you think this is? <laughs> and so he's been robbing vampires so i would like that whole idea too like him just taking down these um high level rich high-rise, chilling vampires. Because they all have penthouses. You see this movie. Yeah. Everyone has a penthouse with a pool that you could just kill somebody Rubber duckies, in. apparently, just yeah, floating around. Chilling. Everyone's chilling. Uh, I think, I'm pretty sure there was, there was like a clip of Napster. He's like using Napster and stuff like that, downloading vampire electronic music. There's a bunch of that stuff going on in this film. But, um, yeah, I just, I, uh, I think it's time to revisit this. I think it's time to revisit the property. Um, and it just, you... With no, all the seriously, Marvel, throw throw Blade into the Netflix universe. But Sony's doing a Morbius movie, bro, with Jared Leto. In 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 the in the very aptly named Sony universe of Marvel characters. Oh my god, the Sukum, the Sukum, no. the Sony Sukum, universe bro. of Marvel characters. What an acronym! Way to go, Sony. Way to you go. You do you, bro. You are the only comic book studio that's worse than DC. They are. They Sony's out there uh, creating like calendars for movies that are never coming out. We have uh, Silver and Black, which I heard I guess got canceled. They wanted to do in the Spider-Man universe with Silver Sable and Black Cat because that's what people when they think of Spider-Man, they think of Silver Sable and Black Cat. Yeah, that movie. That you know, they were gonna do a Sinister Six movie without Spider-Man. They're gonna do an Aunt May origin story. Uh, DC is supposed to be greenlighting an Alfred movie. Oh I'm my like, God. I'm like, they legit made fun of this in yeah. Teen Titans. <laughs> they said that you guys are literally taking anything and making movies out of it, and you took anything and made a movie. What are you guys doing? So I love Teen Titans. Go. I, I want to rewatch that movie now. I love when you take something that is not very well known and reestablish it for a, a, a mass, you know, audience, and that's what they did here with Blade. Um, now fans are a little bit more touchy with messing around with comic book continuity but still there's an allowance to change things if things are cool bane didn't use venom in uh dark knight rises no wasn't the venom like his mask that kept him alive like the venom was, was actually like a, like, like a painkiller or something uh, like that it was like, like an asthma like like yeah <laughs> yeah like 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 whatever yeah he was just yeah so they you know rights have been taken you know liberties and stuff like that with some of these characters so you know we still haven't answered i guess the age-old question of which is better a complete adaptation to a comic book or you know straying away from it i think the answer is you got to find a medium and yeah. the medium has to just be cool because <laughs> you know, you like, cool. <laughs> like you don't have to take story by story panel by panel as long as you capture the actual feel of that character from the comics you could do whatever story you want 
I would love to see Blade thrown into a into a rave of vampires and killing them as long as he has his comic book accurate characteristics. That's all I want. Does Blade have to be R? Yes. Okay. It's vampires. I mean, it's blood, right? It's vampires. <laughs> it's core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You, 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 you has to. Yeah, I dig it. Marvel. You think Marvel will start making R-rated films? I mean, Logan, I, I don't think Logan and Deadpool count because those are Marvel properties made by a different uh, studio. Do you like think MCU? Marvel starts... Yeah. I don't think MCU will start making R movies. You would have to... You would have to... Because then that would tell the kids that they would need to watch those to continue the the journey of the universe and they really can't. They really don't want to sell they don't want to sell our movies to kids. Right. Well we will be seeing a lot of these characters that have seemingly That's why I'm worried about Deadpool because doesn't Marvel MCU now have Deadpool? Yes they do. So I'm see where I'm, I'm worried about Deadpool. We, but that's what I'm saying we're gonna see a bunch of reintroductions in the well, next maybe coming Deadpool years. Maybe Deadpool will be the, the you know the exception to the rule. Yeah. Blade same for same for Logan. Maybe Blade, Logan, Deadpool. Those are the exceptions to the rules. Blade is definitely the exception of the '90s Marvel movie that works. So <laughs> I can yeah. see his character being uh, an exception to the. Like, role. Do you even know that's a Marvel movie when you watch it? Because they didn't really even promote it. That's it's one logo, and it's New Line Cinema, and that's it. And it's like uh, based on the works of Marvel and from Marvel. Yeah, usually like same for like Men in Black. You usually see based on Marvel characters. That's but, another movie that shocked a lot of people that came from comic books was Men in Black. Yeah, I didn't know that till like I was much older, and I was like, "Wait, that's like those are comic books." Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it doesn't all it doesn't all work because then Losers didn't really wow anybody, right? I wow. I was wowed by the Losers. You were wowed by Chris Evans. This is just wow. I was wowed by uh, everybody in that movie. <laughs> everybody in that movie was amazing. Oh man, are you going to in your leisure watch the other Blades? Yeah. Now that we've well, I mean, I, like I said, I always I always have watched two. So I have two very like big in my head, like my memory. Like okay. I do remember. It's three. I remember. I, it's just, I don't think I've even I, seen three. I remember the vampire Pomeranian from three. Oh, That's and Ryan Reynolds gets scared. I'm just like, why is there a vampire dog? That's not what's going on here. Yeah, yeah and he just screams obscenity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I might watch. I might rewatch Blade Trilogy. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to. I might watch the second one because. For some reason, I have it in my mind that it's not as good as I remember it, and maybe it is as good as I remember it because when I saw this, I well, was I mean, pleasantly if you surprised. Like, if you like the campy dialogue, if you like the the overall the tone of how the first blade was, you're gonna like the second blade. But it, it's more, the tone is more like uh, it's not as heavy as the first one. The first one felt dark. There was like a weight there. There was consequences. The second one really does feel like a comic book movie. You know, it became like a caricature of itself. That's what I was about to say. He's at his height of his Wesley Snipe powers in um, Blade Two. There was a he lot is, more one-liners. I'll tell you that he's he's helping write, he's helping produce. He is he gets say on what you know happens in this film, and I think he feels that power. He wields that power, and we get Blade at the height of his powers in Part Two. Whereas Three, you know, yeah, less said about that, the better. He has to share his screen, his screen time with a lot of people, and I think you get a yeah, lesser was, movie it because like too of too much it. like you know cooks in the sh- and too much cooks in the kitchen. Too much cooks and too much garlic everywhere in the kitchen. There's too much of everything. But I hope that you guys didn't have too much of this review because we were hoping to review a lot of other, other a lot of other older comic book movies. And it hurts me to even say older. To think that this thing was 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 like, years wow, ago. Wow. Because you guys are going to be listening to this Wednesday. And when Wednesday you listen to it, it would have already been 20 years Tuesday. Yes. So on Tuesday would be the 20 year anniversary of the release of Blade. Yeah, we thought, wow. we thought it would be a, a cool trip down memory lane, and I think it was. It definitely redeemed this film in my eyes, and now... Oh, no, this, uh, like, that I, now that I watch, watched it, 
today because I watched it twice. Yeah. I watched it two nights ago, but I was like half asleep watching it, like falling asleep, so I don't really remember what much of it. Yeah. So then I rewatched it today on the train on my way here. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this movie was actually really good. Yeah, it definitely was, and um, it also is gonna it's going to be a new um, what do you call it? Like a new standard for me. Because it doesn't take itself too too seriously and it doesn't have too many ties to the actual comics, but overall it was enjoyable. And so now, yeah, but it also does. It's, it also doesn't go too campy. Like the yeah, that the dialogue is like is like funny, but it's not like campy. Yeah, you know, there's you, there's a it's kind of ga- it's kind of gallows humor. Yeah, it's kind of that you know uh, sardonic, sarcastic kind of like. We're dealing with vampires out here. Like, like he gets it. He's been living this life. He the only way he gets past is by making these crypts because he has to kill things every day. So I, I, I and it doesn't really that. too much make fun of the genre at all. Like it really does justice to the genre, if anything. Like I like the whole vamp. Like I, I love vampires. Yeah. And this movie is a perfect vampire movie. I also like I said when because when you think of films and some stuff like that, usually when a comic book film comes out and it, you know, you you've watched it and you've been able to sit on it, the comparisons start to come to your some of your favorites and when they don't reach that bar people are like eh, then i guess it wasn't any good but i do think that this blade bar needs to be another bar that people need to examine films under and say well did i have fun was it cool yes. was there moments was that it I was entertaining like, did i not have to read too much into it exactly can and i just I, sit there and enjoy without it being some thought-provoking drama like right and was the lead cool because wow how cool how cool is uh, oh, no. Blade? Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes as Blade? Wesley Snipes as Blade in this, he was very like. Some of his lines were delivered in a monotone sense, yeah. but you could. He's a half man, half vampire that doesn't give no shits. Of yeah, course, he was, he's gonna deliver it in a monotone way. He was an incredibly stoic. Um, he was an incredibly stoic protagonist in this. Uh, that's why Whistler had to do a lot of the exposition, which I didn't really mind. Um, this they were trying to build the universe. Yeah, it seemed like so. Whistler was like his inner monologue for the his, the female role. In just, yeah, but uh, you could just have you can have a scene like in Black Panther where they just show like flashbacks and someone's narrating from the dawn of time. Vampires have you know yada yada yada, and then there was that's how the walkers. second one starts. <laughs> I swear to God, that's, that's how, he's like yeah, the second one's like I'm bleed. I was born. <laughs> Half man, half vampire. Which I have means, all their strengths. I was about to say, which means I, I have all their strengths. No, he, that's how the whole beginning starts. He's like, where he introduces himself, saying, when Whiskler found me, I was, I was already feeding. And I, I got all their dead, strengths, but none dead. of their weaknesses. I think Whiskler's dead, but he ain't dead. No, they, they, they show... That blood doctor? That's how the, the, first, the, the whole beginning of the second one is a whole plot on its own. It's like a Family Guy episode. That's it's like terrible. has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's like the the whole beginning is just him looking for Whistler. So all you basically needed was a previously on Blade. But <laughs> Wesley Snipes basically previously on Blades us. Um, you also get um, I mean, I, it's not it can't be as bad as the uh Spider Man Two opener where we just show all of Spider Man One, right? Or was that three? Oh, uh, that was both of them. It's like we're just gonna show you the entire. Yeah, it's movie. previously on Spider-Man with the opening credits. Oh, but no, no, this what th- I'm telling you. You're gonna roll your eyes or laugh or one of the other. We're gonna have to do it. We're you're just gonna, gonna start too. the movie and you're gonna hear that whole like electronic European rave music right. with Blade's voiceover just explaining his origin. My God! Like if you didn't see this, the first one. Here's a uh, previously on. This is why you. Here's why you don't have to watch it because we're just gonna tell you everything. Yeah, you really don't everything. even have to watch the first one because oh like gosh. my name's Blade. I was born half man, half vampire. I got all the strengths, none of their weaknesses. And he's like, sir, I'm just asking you what you wanted to eat at McDonald's, sir. <laughs> you can't. I don't need this whole introduction. Whistler found me. I was a 13 year old boy. 
The feeding was growing too strong. Did you want fries with that, Mr. Mr. Blade? Uh, and now I hunt vampires, and I want you too. And I hope they ain't nobody trying to ski up here. Because <laughs> if, they, if they are, Cause, if that's always some motherfucker <laughs> that tries to ice skate up hills. That's oh my it. God. That oh my God. is it. There will never be a better comic book line. Oh, besides good. crack an egg on it. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I think, do you have anything else, I guess, to say about this film? Anything, any lasting impressions you have of, of Blade 1998? It surprised the hell out of me of how it was better than the worst comic book films of today. I think so. Like, I will watch this over Suicide Squad. I would I'd watch too. this over Iron Man 3. Uh, Iron I'd Man watch 3. this over BVS. And do you think that's a, that's a case of expectations? Yeah, because I expected this movie to be bad. Uh, I expected this movie to be campy. I expected to to hate it, honestly. So that, I did go into this movie expecting to hate it, and I ended up loving it. So did that mean we have to put on the Oakleys, the Blade Oakleys, every time we go to see a DC movie, and we're just like, this is going to be bad, and then just be I think you're going to have surprised. to start saying, I, I, I know I'm going to hate this movie, and because you're going to end up liking it. It's just psychological. It's just gonna, how your brain works. All you have to do is remind yourself that in Blade, they cut somebody in half, and blood brings them back together. Yeah, that was... I don't understand oh how that works. Oh, my God. But it did. And it happened. His blood looks so rubbery and CGI. It was like and thick. Yeah, incredibly thick. Like this is like a broth. Yeah, like I think he had like the blood of like twelve council members and blades. So it's like limitless blood. Is that how that works? I guess. I I don't get it. I don't get if you if blood is for digestion, does it stay in the veins? Does it go in your tummy? I think we're just opening up a can of worms that was never meant to be opened. And let's open. Let's close that can of worms. Let's close out this podcast. Uh, If you guys like what we're doing here at Major Issues, if you guys want to hear us review some of the greatest and some of the less than stellar comic book films, comic books in general, or just comic book media, all you have to do is listen to more episodes of the Major Issues Podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts are found by Googling Major Issues Podcast. We're the first ones that pop up. We are on Stitcher. Uh, we are on Podbean. We are on Podcast Attic. We are also on uh, Apple. I want to say iTunes. We are on iTunes Podcast, the iTunes Podcast app. Uh, we're on Google Play. We are on Google Play, which is amazing. We are on YouTube. Find us. Listen to us. Listen to some of the old episodes. I'm still waiting for people to send hate mail for the last episode of the greatest comic book movie moments. I know we definitely left some off. Oh, then uh, I guess mine got lost in the mail somewhere. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll be expecting I know. I don't think I put a stamp on it. That was my problem. I'll be expecting yours soon. Uh, we also got some episodes coming down the pike. Uh, we were talking about, uh, me and Dan were here discussing the next uh, Which is Worse episode, which we're going to spring to you, spring on you guys. It'll be quite the surprise. It'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking it's gonna forward be, to it. It's going to be a great, great, great podcast. Episode. Definitely looking forward to that. We're going to be digging into some Batwoman, getting ready for the CW appearance of this superhero for the oh, first time. Oh, man. The, poor the, Ruby news Rose. On that, the news on that was so terrible. Poor, but poor, poor Ruby Rose. But this is not, not the time nor the place for that. But we are going to be tackling things as they come. Iron Fist is going to be here, and I'm going to watch it. I don't. I still don't know why. The things I do for love and the things I do for you guys of the click. I've seen some horrible media, and I'm going to continue to digest it so you guys won't have to, and then you guys will get the short and skinny of what these films, books, and stuff is about right here on the Major Issues Podcast. So go ahead and find it wherever podcasts are found. And then, as you know, the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click. So if you want to follow us there, all you have to do is go to facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about all the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic book and comic book media. We have major, uh, at major issues CBC is our official Twitter hand, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle. Ah. Uh, 
you know, I, I, it's, it's the hunger. I have the hunger. The thirst is, is affecting me uh, uh, at this outro. But he loves you guys. That's the problem. That's he just wants is. to get everything out there for you. And I and I need some blood. That's what it is. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of running out of blood. We ran out of serum. We, I'm running out of serum. The hunger. Uh, garlic and sodium pentothal. All you guys need to know is that Comic Book Click and Major Issues has all the strengths and none of the weaknesses of every other comic book media <laughs> outlet that is out there. That's all you guys need to remember. All the strengths, none of the weaknesses, as part of Comic Book Click and Major Issues. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic man. And this has been a retrospective review of Blade 1998. And whether you are a daywalker whether you got both your hands chopped off, whether you're some sort of crazy blood doctor, or whether uh, Suicide by Gun can keep you alive in the sequel, remember that we are the <laughs> click, and you, yes you, are worthy.